And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Frazier and Dieter's Business Speed. I'm John Ray alongside Roger Lesby. Roger? Hey, John. Good morning and uh, happy early Thanksgiving. Happy early Thanksgiving. Uh, uh, thankful for you, man. It's, it's a pleasure to work with you, so thank you for that. Well, John, you make it very, very easy. Well, thank you. And, uh, and you've got Donna Beatty again. Uh, Donna, thanks for coming in again. Always my pleasure. Yeah, it's great yeah. to see you again. Um, and happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And, a good one. and uh, we've got a great guest today. Donna, you want to introduce our yeah. guest? So um, our guest is Allison Gerald. Um, she does music therapy and other type of music lessons, and I'll let her introduce her her business. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Well, give hi. It, hey, <laughs> it's great to have you here. Give Thank us a you. little overview of your work. Okay, great. So I'm Allison Gerald, as as Donna said, and I am the founder and CEO of Metro Music Makers. We're located here in North Fulton, and we service North Fulton and inside the perimeter as well. We provide music lessons and music therapy services, and our goal is to help unleash creativity for the students we work with through a holistic approach to music learning. Oh, wow. A lot there. Uh, talk about your journey and your background and, and uh, how you got to the point of opening your business. So I uh, fell in love with the piano at age six. My mom gave me the choice of joining the Girl Scouts or taking piano lessons. For some reason, I chose piano. So that's that's what started my love of music. And um, I was the kid that the, my parents had to beg me to go outside and play uh, instead of practicing. I love to practice. And so music was just always a pursuit of mine. And I started off in college as a classical piano performance major, and then switched my degree uh, about halfway through to music therapy. I discovered what that was and thought, wow, that's a really cool thing to pair my love for music and helping people achieve different goals. So um, I did that, um, did my internship at a mental health institution in San Antonio, and went back to grad school. And here's where it gets a little crazy. I'm a grad school dropout. <laughs> don't, like, well, you're not kids, alone in that. Kids There's a lot stay of those. in school. Don't do what I do necessarily. <laughs> uh, but I dropped out of grad school, moved to Atlanta to be a singer-songwriter. So from classical music to punk rocker and, um, and did the whole touring and gigging and recording thing for several years. I was teaching a little bit on the side just to pay the bills, keep the electricity running. And um, around age 30, I stopped for a minute and evaluated my life and thought, what am I doing? I'm dragging equipment around at two in the morning playing in clubs, you know, what do I have to show for this? And just took some time out to pause and focus full time on teaching and the business grew from there. So yeah, and it's grown quite nicely. It's so congratulations. It's, well, thank you. Yes. I mean in the beginning I felt like, oh my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> you know, like keeping up with it. Um and I finally probably about 10 years ago, decided, okay, I've got to take this bull by the horns and um, started learning about business. I joined a wonderful organization called EO, um, which is where I met 
Donna through right. that organization. And I kind of liken it to getting an MBA without getting an MBA. Um, and what I love about that organization is it's, you know, all these entrepreneurs that have learned through the School of Hard Knocks. Mm. So I'm learning through their experience share and what what to do, what not to do. And it's been really great. Not to say that I don't still make mistakes along the way, but that's how you learn and grow and right. ideally get better. Right. For sure. That was the short answer. <laughs> well, 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 those mistakes are tuition you pay, right? Yes. And for, for, to learn. We, so, we yeah. just hope it doesn't cost too much. Right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So, so your bread and butter is definitely music lessons. Yes. But tell the listeners a little bit about what music therapy is. Yes. I definitely want to hit on this because when I tell people that I'm a music therapist, the typical response is, oh, I love music. It makes me feel so good. I do music therapy, meaning music is therapeutic, which it can be, of course. But music therapy, the the program, the treatment is a very specific treatment program. It's a clinical use of music intervention to help accomplish individualized goals. So music therapists will assess someone's emotional health, physical well-being, uh, communication abilities, social functioning, cognitive skills, and upon assessment, then design a treatment program to target goals that help that individual with areas they may have weaknesses in. Um, and so we may do that through receptive music listening. So listening can be a part of the treatment program um, uh, through music and movement, through learning an instrument, through uh, lyric discussion, songwriting. I mean, all kinds of activities where music is basically the medium to target those goals. Also, a music therapist goes through extensive training and is accredited. So in the state of Georgia, you have to be licensed to practice music therapy. Prior to obtaining the license, you have to complete an approved and accredited degree program approved by the American Music Therapy Association. And that degree program includes 1,200 hours of a combination of music therapy courses and field work. So the field work can include practicums that you do while you're at school completing your coursework and then an internship. So for instance, my internship was six months long and it was full-time in a mental health setting. Wow. And the children and, and, and adults too, correct? Yes. So we provide services. We, we work with babies. I've worked with neonates. Um, we actually have worked with... Uh, right, so what do you do with neonates? How do you... What's your therapy for yeah, them? Yeah. So that was a really interesting um, project I worked on. It was uh, part of a research study with Dr. Jane Stanley at Florida State University. And she's done a lot of research doing long-term studies about the effect of music therapy therapy with neonates and their development over time. So we went into uh, the neonatal unit and um, I was a student at the time. So we went in and we hummed and massaged the neonates. Um, and she's just studied over time the effect of that. And one thing she found was that those neonates were released sooner 
from neonatal care. Um, and they also were eating sooner, eating so better. And better than just massaging the humming with the massaging. Yes. What made the difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a very specific yeah. treatment, yeah. but a very exciting breakthrough too. I think now uh, they probably allow parents to come in and and help with that. It was an interesting time because parents would be standing on the outside, not allowed in. So it's a little, you know, bittersweet to be inside working with their, their child and knowing they wanted to be in there with us. Um, so we also have done, uh, bonding sessions with parents and, um, we've worked with, Babies at the Center for the Visually Impaired here in Atlanta, where we do sessions uh, because of the impairment. Um, the The babies have a challenge bonding because of that. So we've designed music groups where the child and the parent can bond. Um, and then we work with uh, children with a variety of diagnoses. Autism spectrum is one that folks ask about quite a bit. Um, and again, we're looking at those different things. How are they doing in school? How are they socially? Um, what are what are some things we can help them do at home? How can we transfer what we're doing in a session to help them? in the school setting, at home, with their academics. Um, And then we also run several memory care groups. So we go into assisted living Mm -hmm. communities, and we design programs that engage the seniors and residents there. Uh, And really there is to help alleviate anxiety and stress, to get them engaged. A lot of times we walk in and they're just... You know, they're sitting there. Kind of checked out. Kind of checked out. So by the end of the group, they are excited and ready to go. They've been moving. Um, if they're verbal, we've got them to engage verbally. So that those are really rewarding groups. Yeah. And then some of your teaching and training has been in person and some is online. Is That's that right? correct. So um, we've always been remote. So the pandemic for us was not as big of a challenge as for some other businesses because we've always worked remotely. I should say we traveled to our students' homes prior to the pandemic. That's what we were doing mostly. Um, And we were also teaching some online lessons already. It was just something some of our our guys on on our team brought that to my attention as something they would like to do and I was like okay yeah let's try it so they had home studios and it was just a natural fit for them to teach online so when the pandemic hit those guys trained our entire staff I remember it very vividly I think it was March was it March 15th was a Friday or maybe it was the 13th I can't remember Friday the 13th. It was was probably... It was Friday the 13th. It was. Okay, you remember that. Yeah, I remember that. So I remember driving to my office and I called a friend who worked at the CDC, still does, and asked her, what is going on and what do we need to be doing? And she's like, you got to take it online. And I was like, okay, that's all I needed. Like, Mm -hmm. I just needed some clarification. And so I just announced to our whole team, everyone's going online and you guys are getting trained this weekend because we're not missing a beat. And so we trained our whole staff and we took our entire student base online. And so, and so did that student base actually increase 
with the pandemic or it it held steady okay i think people were freaking out well, the, <laughs> we all they, were freaking out a little were. bit <laughs> yeah. um and so yeah it held held us steady I would say. And it, it's interesting because now we are doing about 50-50. Back on, in person. In person. And remote. And online. Mm-hmm. And it did expand our student base as far as who we're teaching. It took us outside of the Atlanta market. So we have students in the Northeast. We also have students out West. So that's pretty exciting to be able to, to work with folks that are outside of Atlanta. That's awesome. Folks, Allison is the founder and CEO of Metro Music Makers, uh, based here in the uh, Atlanta area in Roswell, right? Awesome. Awesome. So um, talk a little bit about how those out of, I guess, out of area clients found you. How did that happen? I think through uh, this thing called Google. Maestro Google, huh? (laughs) Maestro Google. That and word of mouth, too. Mm -hmm. Um, One one really cool thing that came out of of the pandemic were our recital events, because those were always big to do, you know, put on this big event for our students. And, you know, we'd have over 200 kids play in a weekend at the times we did those. Well, of course, we couldn't do those any longer. So we took those online. And we, we, I remember the first one, I was like, no one's going to sign up for this. No way. And they were maxed out. Everyone wanted to do it just to have that sense of community. And so I was like, okay, they signed up. We got to make this fun. <laughs> and so I decided I'm going to emcee this. And we're just going to have a really good time. We made it very casual, not the typical formal piano or music mm-hmm. recital. And so the way we run them is we interview the kids before they perform, or some of them send a, a pre-recorded video in if they want to. And it gave everyone a chance to get to know the student, as opposed to student walks up on stage, performs, bows, and walks off the stage. And you never know what kids are going to say. So, you know, all the cute and silly and fun came out virtually for us. And then I took it to the next level and decided we're going to play games, too. And it's like, this is my chance to be the show host I always wanted to be, game show host. And so we throw trivia in there and we get people involved in the chat. And it's just really fun. And we ask everyone to give the students live feedback when they play. So to see the kids' faces after they perform, when they see the feedback, like all the positive, like, wow, that was awesome. I love that song. You did a great job. And, you know, just to see their faces, to get that in the moment. It really changed um, performances for us. We will now forever offer virtual performance opportunities for wow. our students. And yeah. so was that done for both 2020 and 2021? Yeah, we're still doing, we have one yeah. coming up. So our holiday recitals are coming up uh, over the course of a couple of weekends to accommodate everyone. So those happen after Thanksgiving. But to get back to the original question, so the other cool thing about that is now people from all over the world could tune in because their relatives and friends all over the world that have never seen their nephew, niece, grand 
grandchild perform. Mm. So we had people tuning in from all over, and I think that also helped to spread the word outside of the Atlanta market. Wow, that's awesome! Great work, Allison. Um, yeah, so um, let, let's talk about, the, I, I guess the the type of students that you teach in your classes. Are these students that are already music? Um, they're, they're already doing music, like band members, for example, that, that they're already active in music in their school, and you're just providing additional instruction, or these students that want to learn an instrument and you're providing instruction that they, they're not already getting? Yeah, it's pretty much everything. So okay. we really believe anyone can enjoy and benefit from learning how to play a musical instrument. So, you know, we get mom calling that wants her kid to take piano. That kid probably has no idea. Mom is signing them up for piano. Um, And uh, so our goal is, hey, we're going to have fun and you're going to learn some stuff. And the stuff you learn in lessons is going to transfer to and apply to other things in your life. You know, it's so much bigger than just the music lesson itself. Um, But yeah, you know, kids at all levels, ages, abilities. Uh, we certainly do work with students who are in band, orchestra. We work with parents. A lot of parents will see how much fun their their kids are having, and they think, wow, I want to take. I always wish I could have learned. Or, you know, I took when I was a kid, and I'd like, like to get back into it. So that happens quite a bit as well. Um, and then with our adaptive lessons, uh, which is related to music therapy, we work with individuals that have special challenges. So an adaptive lesson is a little different from music therapy because the goal is specifically to learn how to play a music instrument. And um, and so with the adaptive lessons, they're still working with one of our music therapists on staff. But again, the goal is that they are learning how to play an instrument. And then do you do you do any uh, voice training or any other instruments? Yeah, yeah, all the instruments. Okay. We we provide lessons on most instruments. Our most popular instruments are piano and voice and guitar. Um, ukulele is pretty popular because we work with very young students. So if they're really young, a lot of times we'll recommend the uke as a starting mm-hmm. string instrument. Violins up there is a popular instrument as well. Um, we also teach songwriting and sound production. We have a lot of students who start playing an instrument and then they see it at our performance events, other students who are writing their own songs and they think, oh, wow, I want to do that. So so we have a lot of original music that comes out of our student base, which is really cool. And now some of our students are starting to put it out on the streaming platform. So we're teaching them how to distribute music and get their tunes out on Spotify and iTunes and other platforms. Yeah. You know, I think as people, I, I, and I think I have to confess to this. So, I mean, as I was listening to you initially, you know, you think, you think casual music lessons, you know, piano, voice, what have you, but you really offer in your company. I mean, you've got a substantial company here where you can offer students a lot of alternatives. This goes beyond, you know, uh, Miss McCrary's piano in her 
den, right? Which yes. is nice that we're not dissing Miss McCrary, no. but um, that's an example, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Miss McCrary that teaches piano, but the point is, is that you've got as students come in and maybe they decide, hey, I want to try violin or yes. they want to try uh, saxophone or whatever. You've got options for them to grow. Yeah, that is, I'm so glad you bring that up because that's one thing I love about our company. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've really worked hard on and that I personally focus on is the culture within our company. And from years of just teaching on my own, it felt like a very lonely pursuit. And then to be working with kids all day, which is great. And I love working with kids, but sometimes you're just like, you want a peer, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like someone you can talk about and bounce ideas off of. So I've really, um, really worked hard to to have a culture where our instructors are engaged with one another, first and foremost, and then the go-to resource for one another. And what's come out of that is that our teachers will actually say, you know, my student has shown an interest in adding guitar, as an instrument, or they want to learn a little bit of jazz. And you'll see our teachers recommend their own student to another instructor on staff for, you know, a set of lessons or maybe ongoing lessons in addition to what they're already doing. And it's just so cool that we're working together as a group and we really have that sense of, hey, we're going to help this kid collectively and it's not just one instructor that's doing all the right. all the work and, with that. And I student. think that's where you've had your real success is really leveraging this and bringing in all the instructors and and all the talent that's there. Yeah, and it just makes it fun. At the end of the day, we really enjoy each other. Um, we do Monday morning huddles together virtually. We've been doing that for a while, and um, it's it's our only time we really see each other each week and that was a game changer when we started doing the Monday morning huddles with our our team and you could see them grow closer together Mm. Um, and they hang out together they write music together they call each other for you know resources and advice our music therapy team trains our our music educators on um, just issues you and challenges you might face with anybody any kind of typical learning student um so that's been really wonderful too to be able to provide additional training because our music therapists are experts in child development so to be able to bring that into the mix and say hey this is you know when you're looking at child development and cognitive development here's some things you should know about when to introduce a certain musical skill or concept and so that's been really helpful for our instructors as well very good and then I know that you have some, obviously, some novices that are just entering the music world, but but you also have some extremely talented folks as well, right? Yes, the whole gamut. And what's great about that is uh, the new students get to see the, you know, the folks we've been working with over time who are doing really well in their craft and several of them pursuing, wanting to pursue music into college and potentially as a career. And that's what motivates the newbies, you know, to be able to to see that and be connected to it. It's really exciting for them and inspires them. And you offer quite a, I mean, we've talked about what you offer students, but those instructors, 
that don't want to have to deal with all the the back office that's involved in being a piano teacher or a guitar teacher or what have you, you handle all that for them, yes. right? So we help with obviously all the scheduling, mm-hmm. chasing people for payment. <laughs> yep. Our customers are awesome though. I'm just throwing that out there. You guys are great. Um, they really are um, very supportive. I think parents who, who call us, they value music education. I think they understand uh, the benefits and the, the benefits extend further again than just the, the music learning itself. So we really do have a really wonderful customer base. And for us, the customer is the parent, is the student, is the family. So again, it's not just one person and we're very relational. Um, and so that's one beautiful thing about going into the home. You get to know the family. And a lot of our teachers, they essentially become like part of the family. There's an interesting research study that says uh, for young children who are starting lessons at that young age, they liken their music teacher to being like a family member, maybe like an aunt or an uncle. So that's how important the relationship is. So we spend a lot of time in our teacher trainings talking about that and talking about the influence you have in that young person's life and what that that ultimately means as an instructor. So just some really cool stuff comes out of that. So I do want to say thank you to our customers. Well, we, we said we weren't going to put you on the spot, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And, and, well, I mean, I just, um, I originally wanted to ask this when you were talking about your therapy, but you can pick any student. And just, like, what is a success story that you have that you can share, if you can think of one off the top of your head? And Oh, goodness. Um, in the therapy specifically? Well, no. So any area at all. You know, a student that you've watched start from the beginning that's now in college. I don't you know, I don't know what I your success just, story I is from a student. I feel like I see that all the time. Because um, we'll get students. I'm thinking of one now. I'm not going to say her name and I love her dearly but I've watched her over many years at this point she started with us I think as an elementary school student now I think as a senior um she started with vocal lessons and I remember the first time her getting on stage and you know I just thought, okay, she's got some work to do. (laughs) (laughs) She's very kind. Right. Not not quite hitting the pitches, you know. Um, And the next recital, kind of the same. And it took a couple years, maybe a few years. And within a few years, I was like, is this the same student? I couldn't believe it. Um, she stole the show and now she's writing her own songs and putting them out on it. And then I see that over and over and over again. So that's just a normal. And that's the thing about music learning, especially with voice. Voice is tricky because your body is the instrument. Um, and so that's very intricate (laughs) learning, but, um, I've just seen that over and over where you think, okay, this might not be, you know, long-term for the student. This might not be a path for them, but they're still going to benefit from them and we're going to help them and we're going to have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. 
but over and over I get proven wrong. Like, and, and that's the thing about music. It's a long-term pursuit. So a question we get from parents is, okay, well, how long does it take? <laughs> and we well, like, all, it's a math problem, right? Like it's a math problem. Yeah. I think all of us sitting in this room know and a musician would answer a lifetime. Mm. You never stop learning, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I should start path. back. I took piano lessons for six years, and I still, I mean, if you got twinkle, twinkle, little star out of me, you had gotten a performance. I mean, that's just, Yes. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and that's the thing about the adults who are taking with us. They love it. And I think for them, it's, you know, their break from work, um, the stress of the day can go. I still do that in the middle of the day. I know I can go sit at the piano and just let everything out. And I do it every single day. Awesome. Late morning, typically, if you guys are wondering, <laughs> is about when that hits. <laughs> Folks, we're here chatting with uh, Allison Gerald. She is the founder and president of uh, Metro Music Makers, providing stress relief services to adults. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I could resist that. Uh, I love that. Um, let's talk about your community involvement because you've got some uh, interesting things you're doing out in the community yes. to give back. Yes. So we've done a variety of things uh, over the years, but we really love partnering with organizations that do work with children um, uh, in different scenarios, really. And we like to bring music in for those children. And um, usually it's a group setting where we're providing a fun, just a fun time to be together. Um, and we also have a student who s- has started with a group of friends, a nonprofit, and they teach lessons to kids who normally couldn't afford lessons. So we've partnered with them in helping to provide instruments for what they're doing. It's a really cool, it's called the Inspire Together based in Alpharetta. Oh. Um, so that's one organization we've been working with recently which is really exciting we have a lot of smart kids we work with kids are so smart they're so smart now you know they i mean we all we work too (laughs) (laughs) we just didn't know it we just didn't know it (laughs) that's terrific allison go ahead roger uh, so so one final question and i had i have to ask but um so you've gone from punk rock (laughs) to opera yes but the thing that really caught me was you were a snake handler (laughs) i'm glad you asked that question i noticed that too roger (laughs) all right so the story goes i uh was sitting in in my home i was on the phone with my mom and I had, it was fall. I had brought the ferns in. It was probably about this time of year. I brought my ferns in from outside so they wouldn't freeze. And I'm sitting there on the phone with my mom and I see what looks like this huge worm coming out of the fern. I'm like, mom, hold on a minute. There's just this crazy worm I got to go take care of. So put the phone on on pause and I get over there and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't a worm. And um like, Mom, there's a snake in my house. And she's like, Go call go call the uh the 
front um, front desk or gets and it's like, Mom, no, it's like it's me. I'm the front desk. Like I have to take care <laughs> of this snake. <laughs> and um in my mind I'm going, Okay, how have I seen people handle snakes? And I'm thinking back to like um late night talk shows when they would have the people who bring animals on. I'm like, I know I've seen someone on a late night show because I'm a musician time. So late night show, how are they handling snakes? I'm like, they usually have some kind of rod that the snake. So I'm like, okay, where am I going to get one of those? I'm like, coat hanger. So I go get a coat hanger and unravel it. And I go get the snake and it, it does, it comes up on the, on the wire. I put it in a box. I'm like, okay, great. Done. So I'm walking the snake outside and happen upon my next door neighbor. I'm like, look at the snake I caught. He looks in. He's like, that's a copperhead. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. It was a small, it was a baby snake. Okay. But he was like, but you know, there's a baby. And we're like, oh no. Right. That means a mom may may be nearby. Yeah. I did not have the heart to kill it. I did just let it go. So, baby snake. I should write a baby snake song. <laughs> hey, baby shark work, right? That's baby right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Allison Gerald, folks. Uh, she's the founder president of Metro Music Makers. Uh, Allison, this has been a lot of fun. Thank and you. and we're the, our only disappointment is you didn't bring an instrument instrument to play today. But I we'll totally maybe next time. Okay. Next time, yeah, I can bring a couple of folks and we can have a sing along. She doesn't oh, have a go. harmonica in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> do you teach harmonica? I do have a guitar t- uh, tuning app on my there you phone. Go. So. <laughs> um, that's probably something that just kind of gets thrown in the mix. Okay. <laughs> That's that's super. Well, let's get to the most important question, though, which is for folks that would like to be in touch, would like to know more about your services, tell them how they can find out more. Yeah, so our website is metromusicmakers.com, um, where you find all the info. You're welcome to email us at info at metromusicmakers.com. We're really active on Instagram. So at Metro Music Makers, um, we've got some really cool content coming out there. Um, we're also on Facebook. I know a lot of our our parents are active on Facebook. But hop over to Instagram because that's where it's really exciting for us right now. That's where it's hopping. That's where it's hopping. Awesome. Allison, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much Thank for coming you. on the Thank show. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah, Awesome. Terrific. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder. This show which is a lot of fun, is brought to you <laughs> by Frazier & Dieter. And Frazier & Dieter is one of the fastest-growing accounting and advisory firms in the U.S. and beyond uh, because they serve uh, the emerging needs of their clients as they involve, evolve. They serve clients from the Fortune 1000 to growing private businesses by accounting for today while advising for the future. And we've got to give a big shout-out to Frazier & Dieter because of these awards that Frazier and Dieter keeps getting. I noticed one, uh, Roger, best CPA firm for equity leadership as well as best firm for women, one of the only firm based in the Southeast to receive this honor eight times. No flash in the pan, Frazier and Dieter. Just keep doing it year after year. No, we were very proud of that, but, yeah. I, but I did put on LinkedIn that it's not a bad firm for males either. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, that's uh, those are 
those are terrific awards. And again, these keep happening year after year. And that says something about the great culture and, and uh, environment of Frazier and Dieter. So congratulations on that, Roger. Well, thank you, And John. Donna. Yeah. You're awesome. It's a great firm. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. So, um, Roger, this has been a, this has been a lot of fun. This one was fun. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're uh, we look forward to uh, next month, December. We're wrapping up the year, so we'll uh, we'll uh, come back and do this again. And folks, uh, we appreciate your listening, and look forward to having you again on Frazier and Dieter's Business Beat.